this is your host Victoria and in today's episode we're talking about dealing with arguments. Arguments and conflict are things that many of us feel very uncomfortable with. Some of us might find ourselves speaking too fast and irrationally and through emotion and some of us might find ourselves stepping back too far and feeling like we're getting stepped on or not getting our point across. What I'm suggesting here is a framework with lots of reflection questions and things to think about, which will really allow both parties in an argument to exit win-win. I really hope this helps. If it does, if this sparks something inside of you, then please let me know by tagging me on Instagram at Victoria Zardane and letting me know what you're going to try, what spoke to you, and how you're gonna deal with your next argument differently. Enjoy. Welcome to the Victoria Sardane Podcast, where you'll discover actionable tools, tips, and tricks, as well as inspiring conversations to support you to change your own reality. We all have immense personal power within us. We all have the ability to be the person we look up to the most and take charge of our lives and our future. Sometimes we just need a little insight, a little change of perspective, and a friendly nudge to take the step. Are you ready? guys, today I wanted to talk to you about dealing with an argument. This is something that we've all probably experienced at some point in the past. Maybe we're dealing with it right now. And I really wanted to bring together a few tips, reflections, things to think about, things to do when dealing with an argument or confrontation, which I've gathered from courses, from people I've worked with, from people that I look up to, learning about their best practices, from books and podcasts, and really bringing it all together in the tips that have worked the best for me and have worked the best for my clients as well. When it comes to arguments, we all deal with them differently. Some of us tend to shy away, maybe be a little bit more quiet. Maybe we feel like we get a bit stepped on or we don't express exactly what's on our minds, while others might get a bit more carried away, speak too fast, find ourselves regretting what we've said, overreacting, or acting with our emotions in the moment rather than what seems rational in the long run. So regardless of which side you find yourself on, I think that these tips, reflections, will really help you better manage the arguments and be able to actually get out of the arguments thinking, wow, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of how I managed that. I think that I really managed to divert the confrontation, divert the conflict, and in the end, both parties were actually better off after the conflict than before it. So that is the ultimate goal, and I really hope that these tips will help you to get there. So the first thing you want to do when dealing with a confrontation or an argument is to take a step back and to take some time to think and reflect. I'm sure this is not the first time you've heard this, but you don't want to reply straight away. You don't want to answer out of emotion. You really want to take that step back and to take some time. Personally, I'm more in the second camp of people that tends to get maybe a bit carried away and reply out of emotion if I'm feeling frustrated. And because of that, I've struggled to sometimes take a step back because I've thought, well, no, I don't want to let this person get away with saying X, Y, Z. I want to let them know straight away what's on my mind. I really want to express what I'm feeling in the moment and I don't want to let it slide. However, Something that I've realized that has really helped me is understanding that if I want to reply that sassy text message or if I really want to give that person a piece of my mind, I can do it later. 
So if I'm feeling frustrated in the moment and I take two days to think about it and two days later, I still wanna say what I wanted to reply on the moment, great, I can do it then. However, what you're doing when you give yourself some space is actually giving yourself the chance to give yourself some perspective. So you're giving yourself the opportunity to, yes, have that one interpretation, that one feeling, that one response that you had and felt in the moment, but also the opportunity to discover new ways of looking at things, new different perspectives that you can take into account, take into consideration, and perhaps find an even better way to approach the situation. So now that you've made the decision to step back, not reply straight away, and do a little bit of reflection, the first thing that I suggest asking yourself is one of my favorite questions of all time, which I'm pretty sure I've already mentioned on a previous episode, which is how am I personally responsible for this? So I know, especially when dealing with a confrontation, when dealing with an argument, it may feel very confronting. And I guarantee that you will feel some resistance when you ask yourself this question. But this question has genuinely changed my life. It's changed the way that I interact with other people. It's changed my relationships. It's changed really how I interact even with the world because it really is all about taking responsibility for the situation. So the idea of this question is understanding that an argument or a confrontation does not happen only on one side. It really happens on two sides. Therefore, if the other person has a part to play, then you also have a part to play. So this question asks, how are you personally responsible? What part do you have to play in this? We have a confirmation bias, which will actually guide us to seek information that proves that what we already believe is true. And this is not my interpretation. This is a cognitive bias. It's something that we all do subconsciously. We tend to notice more the information that proves what we believe is true rather than look for alternative information. You might therefore notice that the more you think about a situation, actually the more frustrated you get because all of a sudden you start remembering new things and thinking, you know what else she did? And all of a sudden you're gravitating towards the information that will bring you even deeper in the emotion that you're already feeling. And this is where this question is so powerful because it pulls us completely out of that mindset. And once you realize how you are in part responsible, you can't go back. All of a sudden you start seeing things completely differently. You really start seeing both sides of the coin. You understand your part of responsibility in the equation. And this is why it isn't always enough to simply take a step back and to take some time because we might find ourselves ruminating over and over again in our minds and feeling more and more frustrated. So we want to take some time, but we want to use that time wisely and we want to use that time to ask ourselves the right questions. So you might be thinking, Victoria, I am not personally responsible for this. That other person did this, said that, reacted like this, and I understand. However, that's not the question. You wanna put all of that aside and ask yourself, how are you personally responsible for this? We all have a part to play. It might be something as easy as you haven't perfectly understood the other person's point of view, or maybe you haven't asked them enough questions to really be able to understand their point of view. It can be something small, but there are both parts to play in every equation. So you wanna put what they did aside and focus on you. What part do you have to play? The next reflection is really about putting yourself in the other person's shoes. And I feel like the phrase, 
put yourself in the other person's shoes has been so oversaid that it hardly really means anything to us anymore. So I want to reframe it in a way that will hopefully resonate with you a little bit more, speak to you a little bit more, and maybe allow you to actually embody the question a little bit easier. And the way that I'd like to reframe it is if you are a fly on the wall, in the other person's apartment, let's say. And that other person was complaining to their significant other, to their roommate, they were really pissed and they were ruminating in their head in exactly the same way that you are right now. What would they be saying? What would they be complaining about? This is actually very related to the previous question because since you've already acknowledged what part you have to play and how you have some responsibility in this, then it becomes a lot easier to understand what the other person is seeing. Because all of a sudden you understand, realistically, they're probably complaining about that part that you are responsible for, right? So after having understood your part to play, it becomes a lot easier to put yourself in a position of that fly in the wall overhearing what that other person is upset about. Once you've taken that step back, you've understood how you're personally responsible, you can now narrow down a little bit more and get clear on how you feel and why you feel the way that you feel. You wanna start by labeling your emotions specifically. So I understand in a situation where you're dealing with an argument, you're probably feeling angry, but anger isn't specific enough. You want to label your emotions specifically. You're angry, okay, but, but what is it? Are you feeling betrayed? because maybe somebody you trusted went behind your back and said something rude about you. Or maybe in a different situation, you feel angry, okay, but you feel angry because you feel like your work isn't valued or your efforts aren't appreciated and that upsets you. So you want to get clear on specifically what you're feeling, labeling that emotion, and then you wanna narrow down what are the specific facts. So facts, not judgments, facts that the other person has done to make you feel that specific emotion. Now, what can be hard with this part is that it involves being really brutally honest with yourself. And that can be a little bit challenging because there are certain emotions, let's say emotions like jealousy in particular, that we struggle to admit to ourselves. But there's a realization that I came to a few years ago which really changed my perception of things and I struggle to put this realization into words, but I'm gonna try the best that I can. And this realization was essentially that I mean well. And, and I'll try to explain that a little bit better. It's essentially this idea that I mean well, I'm a good person, and that I'm trying to do the best that I can. And you're probably in the same camp. And if I feel a certain way, or if you feel a certain way, it's not because we're crazy. It's probably because somebody else in a similar situation would be feeling the exact same thing. This realization is really what's allowed me to let go of any feeling of shame or embarrassment towards an emotion that I'm going through. So I've been able to accept any emotion that comes to me, to be brutally honest with myself about the emotions that are coming to me because I had this realization of, I have good intentions and I'm trying to do the best that I can. And yes, maybe a feeling of jealousy or guilt or something really uncomfortable is coming to me, but let's acknowledge it, let's deal with it, and let's find a solution to it. 
So when we take this concept or this idea and we apply it to other people, we realize that other people also mean well. And this is one of the key principles of NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. And that principle is everyone at all times is doing the best that they can with the current resources available to them. And I love this idea because I feel like it's such a healthy assumption for us to live with. It's essentially before judgment kicks in, before we make any assumptions, let's assume the best. Let's assume that that person is doing the best with their given resources. And that actually reminds me of a quote by Viktor Franklin, which says, No man should judge unless he asks himself in absolute honesty whether in a similar situation he might not have done the same. Or a quote by Lincoln, which is, Don't criticize them. They are just what we would be under similar circumstances. So it's about this idea of if you were exactly that person, you've lived exactly what they've lived, you've had the same childhood, the same education, then in reality, would you not be the exact same? And this brings us full circle to understanding the other person's point of view, but also encourages to remember that our own point of view is justified. Our own emotions are justified. And we probably have good reason to be experiencing what we experience. A lot of arguments come down to miscommunication. And it's about being able to express what you're feeling on your side as well as understanding what the other person is experiencing on their side because it's also justified but in order to do that we need to get clear first on what we're feeling in order to be able to express it clearly now if you want to take this a step further something that I've found helpful is this idea that a lot of the time when we feel angry at other people it's actually a reflection of an internal struggle that we have so It can be equally confronting, but also helpful to ask yourself, what does that person trigger in me? Why are they making me feel angry or annoyed? What internal struggle are they mirroring in myself that is making me feel this way? So maybe a colleague made a comment about your work and you're feeling angry towards them. Maybe they were rude about it. Maybe they said something behind your back. So of course you're feeling angry, upset. However, when you ask yourself, what are they triggering in me? What are they mirroring inside of me? You may realize, actually it hurt your ego because you were proud of your work and they shut it down. Or maybe if you felt betrayed, yes, you're upset at the person, but you're also upset maybe your own foolishness for having believed that that person was someone different from who they are. Another example is maybe there's a family member you struggle to get along with regularly, a relative, a sibling, maybe even a parent. And you can ask yourself, what do they mirror inside of you? You may realize that they embody a part of you or a quality that you also have that you're trying to detach yourself from. Or maybe they're so different from you that they embody characteristics or traits that you don't have, therefore you don't understand. Maybe there's even a hint of jealousy there. And the idea with this question is just to note, what is the other person mirroring in me? It can help you unblock some of the internal things that you're struggling with that you don't even realize. And you can only find that out through understanding your interactions with others. Now, after having taken a step back, after having looked at how you're personally responsible, after having put yourself in the other person's shoes or put it yourself in that position of the fly in the wall and getting clear on what emotions you're feeling, what are the facts related to that, as well as what that other person is triggering internally, we want to find a solution. 
So now you see both sides, right? You understand your internal emotions and what's causing them, but you can also imagine what that other person is experiencing. So what would need to change in order for not only you to feel better, but for also the other person to feel better? What would render the situation win-win, where both parties actually end up leaving the conflict, maybe even in a better state than when they entered it? Sometimes the simple reflection questions we talked about are enough to get a bit of distance and to see things from a different way and in the end you find yourself not quite as angry anymore. However, sometimes you also need something from the other person's side. And this is where you can think about what would you need that other person to do and how would they experience that? And if you do think you need something from the other person's side, then it all comes to tying it together and approaching the other person and letting them know, first of all, how you see yourself being personally responsible and which part you play. Secondly, explaining how you imagine that they feel or showing that you have tried to imagine how they feel and you're trying to understand things on their side explaining how you feel on your side and why, mentioning some of those specific facts, and lastly, offer a solution and ask for feedback. So it's not just saying, this is what we propose to do, because there are some assumptions in what you were saying. When you're talking about how you think that they feel, those are assumptions. So you want to verify those. You want to say, have I missed something? Is there something I haven't quite understood? Was I correct in assuming that you might be experiencing this? When it comes to this solution, do you see that working? Do you see that being the best solution for us? Or do you see things differently? So that's where you really open up that dialogue, that communication, and make sure that the risk for an extra misunderstanding is completely avoided. Now to bring this all together, I'm gonna give an example. So let's say you had dinner plans with a friend and she cancels last minute because she wants to hang out with her new boyfriend. So you're feeling annoyed, you're feeling angry, you're feeling frustrated. We're gonna go through those five little steps that I'd mentioned. So first of all, how are you personally responsible? You might think, well, I didn't make it clear that these plans were really important to me. Maybe I didn't make it clear that I've had a really hard, tough week at work and those dinner plans were the one thing I was looking forward to. And maybe even when she canceled, I didn't even tell her that that was upsetting to me. Maybe you even brushed it off and even say something along the lines of, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'm really tired anyways, something like that. Or you might have just given them the cold shoulder when they canceled on you, you didn't even respond and just started ruminating over and over again in your head. So step number two, understanding how they might be feeling. Well, maybe they're feeling confused as to why you're giving them the cold shoulder without an explanation. Maybe there's another specific reason on their side that they're dealing with, maybe struggling with their new relationship. So there's lots we don't know here, but if we really take that notion of everybody is doing the best they can in every situation given their resources, then all of a sudden it becomes very possible that they have as well a very, very valid reason for doing what they did. Number three, you wanna understand on your side, how are you feeling? What specific emotions are coming up? Maybe you feel unimportant, you feel like your friendship isn't valued, maybe you feel like you're not valued. And what specific facts make you feel this way? Well, simply having your friend cancel. And that's what makes these reflections so interesting because all of a sudden we can be hyper aware of the kind of assumptions that we make. So did our friend say that they don't value our friendship? Did they say they never wanna see us again? 
No, they just said on that specific day, at that specific time, there's something else I need to be doing. So we have made the assumption there that because they need to be doing something else that day at that time, all of a sudden our friendship isn't valued, we're not valued, and they have no interest in spending time with us. Now, if we wanted to take this a step further, we could ask ourselves, why is this triggering? What is this triggering inside of me? And maybe we can dig down that there's a little bit of jealousy there. Maybe there's a little bit of fear of being lonely. Maybe there's a little bit of fear of losing your friend to their significant other. Maybe this also mirrors some insecurities in you where you're thinking, am I not fun enough? Am I not a good friend enough? Am I not good enough company? And these could all be triggering. Lastly, what would be a solution that would work on both sides? So maybe a solution that you'd find is, well, we should find a new time to reschedule, and maybe in the future, every time that plans need to be canceled last minute, we should find a new alternative immediately. Or maybe you really need the other person to understand that these plans are really important to you, and when you put them in your schedule, they become something you look forward to. So these are some examples of the reflections, of the tools that I would suggest if you are dealing with an argument, if you are dealing with a conflict. I think having this as a bit of a framework and something to play around with, to test and to try, can also make arguments and confrontations seem a little bit less intimidating. Many of us avoid confrontation because we don't feel comfortable with it, but it's also because we don't know what to do with it. So the second we have a little bit of a blueprint, we understand how we could potentially get out of this situation in an even better state than when we entered it, and that it is possible for both sides to exit win-win, then all of a sudden they become a lot less intimidating and they actually become an opportunity for growth and for learning and for maybe even reinforcing a relationship with that other person. So I really hope that that was helpful, guys. If you know anybody, a friend, a family member who is currently struggling with something similar these days, then please feel free to forward them this episode and hopefully this will shed some light for them as well. If this was interesting to you guys and you like the topic, we're going to be talking a lot more about this during my 2021 Pave Your Path program, which is a personal development group coaching program from the 4th of January to the 31st of January, 2021. Our second week is all about what is blocking us. It's all about limitations and we're going to be having a little training on different communication strategies, which are really going to allow us to grow beyond being adverse to conflict, to create much stronger ties with other people, which will in turn allow us to flourish individually and as well within our relationships. So if you're keen on joining us, this four-week group coaching program will be starting the 4th of January. You can find all the information on my website at victoriasardane.com. Otherwise, you can look up Pave Your Path program Victoria Sardane up on Google and you will find all the details as well. I'm hoping to see you there. And until then, I will see you next week for a brand new episode.